We've been hearing a lot recently about how equity, diversity, and inclusivity issues are affecting the technology sector. So I really wanted to sit down with some of the thought leaders and discuss the problems and some of the things that are being done to try to improve the situation. What's the problem of not having equity, gender equity, in their leadership or in the teams and the co companies? What's the consequence? I, um, you don't get better decision making, better problem solving, um, and great um, discussions. I, I really think that the more diversity you can have, and, and you know, you can you can look at the Myers Briggs diversity too, right? So there's thinkers and feelers, and there's extroverts and introverts. So you do look for that kind of diversity in your team as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, the more diversity, uh, the better you you have in terms of piling ideas and 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 tossing them around and 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 figuring out which one is right. You don't want a group think approach where everybody's got the same idea and they just go, oh, thumbs up, let's move on, yeah. beer time. It's, diverse it's, diverse perspectives is what you're looking for. Yeah, I like to add a little bit on that. Yep. Uh, more like I so far I talk more from the like from the practitioner perspective, but actually work for a venture capital. And what we really care about is the business outcome, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, like. I'm really encouraged by the number of and the both quality and the quality of the studies that clearly tie high-performing companies to team diversity. So it's not a secret to us anymore as an investor that if we want to have a better return for our money, we need to invest more in diversity. And it's, so basically... I want to say it's not only good for society, it's also good for the business. Mm -hmm. And that should be the kind of message we have to have out there. We have to frame it as a business agenda. We have to frame it as a, uh, as a business outcome, rather than only it's good for society, it's good to have more girls out there in the tech uh, industry. But what is, so it's, it's normally... Like I guess nobody has a question mark. There is no question. At least that's my hope, and I'm really encouraged that most of the people they are kind of sold on that idea that we need to have diverse seats. But what is really missing is that, especially in tech industry, because uh, it's it's tough because these companies have to move so fast, and they are so pressured to move uh, incredibly fast, mm -hmm. and so. Normally, the opportunity for promoting gender and diversity can be deprioritized. That's the main problem. You're saying that. Are the investors saying that when they talk to their startups, that they need to bring in gender equity and diversity within their teams? Do you have the sense that they're, they're passing that message on to the, the founders? Exactly. So, like, we are, as an investor, we are committed to building a diverse company ourselves, as well as promoting diversity in our portfolio companies. Okay. And, and as you said, like, it can be, like, in the, uh, it can be diversity in the board, it can be diversity in the leadership, or it can be even diversity in their uh, actual entry level or more junior uh, position. Paranese, that what I hear what you're doing how consistent do you think that is uh, across the, the venture capital industry? I, I think it's very uncommon, personally. Um, I, like, again, I'm 
like maybe if you were asking me two three years ago i would say no it's not it's only like it's not part of every investor agenda but mm-hmm. actually like if you look at our lp people that give us money they ask us such questions like mm-hmm. that okay. so it's again we have enough proof for it. if you look at the uh, return case of more diverse companies or even those companies that are funded by women there are we have enough data out there It's, so it's, it's so hard to not actually question it now. Maybe it was harder two, three, five years ago, but right now we have enough examples of very successful teams that have been funded and led by women or diverse teams that really leave no kind of question marks or no like no like blank space to wonder why we should have uh, diversity. And I even uh, saw lots of. Uh, investors they have dedicated part of their uh, fund for like only investing on for example companies leading by women or start examples like this because we all understand the importance of budget such uh, initiatives not only for society but also for the business outcome well I and and, and I, yeah. I agree with you I agree that you know uh, with the stats and and that women leadership is a great thing um, in in the startup community. But you know, venture capital firms are still dominated uh, by men. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And when we're talking, I, I can't remember whether it's ninety-five percent men, or it's it's a pretty high number still. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I love to see that that's happening, and you're seeing that, and 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 the more we see that, the better, because uh, you know, it it will push um, more startup companies to 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 get that diversity right from the beginning as well too. Raising capital or getting access to capital, still it's much more difficult for women funders to raise. And I do agree, part of it is because it's the industry is pretty much uh, white male dominated. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, we are, first of all, we have, and of course, it's not only about conscious. It's more like unconscious bias because you know, like you know, you can trust people of, you can trust. people of very similar backgrounds more easily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's kind of normal outcome of not having diverse investment companies right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. now in our company we have as i said that's why we are committed to first of all build diverse teams internally and also trying to promote diversity Trisha, you've you've managed to do very well in having that diversity in the magnet forensic ottawa site how How hard did you have to work to to come up with close to what? It's more than forty percent of your 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 employees that are women. It fluctuates, but definitely it's a small team. I think yeah. we're at twenty seven now. Yeah. Um, it does fluctuate, but I I'm trying to keep the percentage higher than. Well, I'm just trying everything I can basically. Um, one of the things I do is, you know, I've I've been visiting high schools. Um, and universities talking about what I care about, um, and I think having a female leader as an example goes a long way. Okay. So when companies now come and ask me, "How do I get more women in?" I tell them it's easy; just promote a few. Um, so certainly that helps. And then I've spoken to my team a lot about the unconscious bias that exists. Like Perina says, it exists in AI, but it also obviously exists in humans in the hiring process. You know, there's studies that talk about um, the resume bias. If you read a resume and it has a woman's name on it, you automatically they're they're less likely to get called in for an interview. 
And if you have an ethnic sounding name on it, you're even you know, less likely to get called. Um, so I openly talk to my team about it when we review resumes. And, and I know I have these biases too. So I'm not trying to necessarily, I mean, it's great if we can eliminate our biases, but they're ingrained. So what I'm trying to do is actually have a diverse group review the resumes, because I'm thinking like if you put diversity in, maybe you get diversity out. Mm -hmm. So we, we review resumes with that in mind. And then in our interview process as well, we try to have a diverse set of interviewers who go in. This way, I'm thinking, you know, as long as you pass the technical interview, that's obviously very important because I think no one wants to get hired for as a token or as mm -hmm. a diversity stat. And I care very much about, you know, I want to be hired for my qualifications, not because I'm a woman. Um, but as long as you pass the technical interview, then, you know, I have the diverse interviewers and have your bias and hire. And if I have a, a varied number of interviewers, then I get that out of it as well. And it seems to be working. And like, like we spoke about, it does take a long time if you're in a hurry to hire, um, then you might have to make some decisions quickly. So, you know, if you get a large number of candidates um, and you have to hire a large group very quickly, um, like Perina says, you might make some calls and put diversity um, in the background. Yeah. Um, I've been grateful that Magnet's given, and we put a lot of thought into our hiring, and we always say we're not just filling bumps in the seats. Um, so I'm given the time I need to find the right candidate, and I'm always trying to find a candidate that brings a diverse perspective. You know, that doesn't necessarily have to be a woman. Sometimes it's a junior candidate. If my team's full of senior, senior, you know, developers right now, mm -hmm. or someone from a different school who comes with different types of training. Um, so, it, but it does, especially if you're trying to get more women onto the team, because there's not many women graduating right now. It definitely takes you longer to fill that position, but it's worth it. I think I can see the results of the outcome of mm -hmm. my team now, mm -hmm. and they're very productive, and they um, question each other a lot, you know, which is it's healthy debate. Because there are diverse opinions, we disagree often, but then I think you do build the best products at the end. So, mm -hmm. Have you seen over the years, Julia, this, this, this lack of diversity being an actual impediment to moving projects forward? Um, I mean, I, I, I've always been a proponent of high-performing teams um, yeah. and myself, and, and uh, you know, you, diversity helps there, but um, you, you, you have to, to, to get a high-performing team, you have to build trust. Mm -hmm. um, and, and trust is partially getting to know um, each other um, and, and being able to break some barriers. Um, and that once you have that trust, um, then, then those conflict situations, those good conflict situations that bring better ideas are easier, right? Mm -hmm. And you, 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 can, you can understand another's point of view. You can, you can make a, a constructive conflict rather yeah, than, yeah. A, than a, well, and, a negative one, I guess. Exactly. And, and then if you know your colleague is an introvert and hasn't said something in a while, maybe you'll say, Hey, but you know we haven't heard from you. What do you think? Yeah. Right. And 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 to promote the conversation instead of talking on top of each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, the the more you can do that, the better. And and we took the time um, at the senior management team to spend quite a bit of time trying to take our team from 
a forming team to a high-performing team. Mm-hmm. And you think it's simple. Um, that was like a six-month process. And, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of, um, you know, uh, thought and, and discussion, both one-on-one and as a group, and, and to get that understanding. But um, I think that uh, women are, are actually an asset there. Um, I've, I've, I've heard it said, and people um, mentioned to me that they, they're happy to have me in the room because I help sort of remove a little bit of the testosterone. Um, <laughs> that it's not, you know, it's not sort of escalating all the time, the discussion, mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, it, you know, they have to be a bit on better behavior. Um, and it, not because I was more senior, but because I, I was a woman in those mm-hmm. cases and, and was always being a facilitator, always trying to, to get the best discussion going and, and have that good conversation so that we could um, move the company forward um, in a much more positive manner and go for those, you know, those positive results. And I really find it very valuable. So anything you can do, um, and diversity is one of those things, to get to that high-performing team, the better, and the more successful you will be as an organization going forward. You've all mentioned some issues and warnings. You know, I'm, I'm still grappling with what you said about the young the young girls mm. participating this mm-hmm. summer, the interacting with that, that was really disturbing. Uh, that we still have those perceptions. I mean, they're young, as you said. There are people uh, that are telling them this. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's, it's still in our culture. You talked about the speed of having to move, to hire, to move quickly. Um, we're trying to build up the Canada North and the Ottawa uh, tech sector. Um, you're in, in, a, in an investment firm, uh, Parinaz, and trying to help the companies build. Are we in trouble? Are we going to hit a wall? Or, or are you optimistic about our ability to build those high-performing teams over the, the coming years? I believe that uh, part of the issue was 2008. I'm going to blame 2008 on it. So 2008 um, was, you know, the, there was a financial crisis, uh, tech sector got hit again. Um, and I, to a certain extent, I think that um, the young women at that stage were more practical and said, oh, well, IT is not good. I'm going away from IT, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was a certain amount of that and that so we have a chance of recovery now because that's passed long enough. And um, But that's one of the reasons why we've been stuck at this 27% mm-hmm. um, uh, women in STEM. I think that... Um, there are programs that I've seen changing for engineering, and I, I can see the stats finally moving. Electrical engineering just doesn't seem fun. I really, like, it doesn't seem interesting. I don't understand the social impact I'll make. And this is important to women. I, there was a study done um, that um, and analyzed the question, uh, an essay question for entrance um, uh, applications to engineering. Uh, Sorry, UW. Um, and um, it, 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 they, they, they filtered it and, and they looked at all the women's answers and all the men's answers. And more often than not, something like social impact showed up in, in the women. Mm-hmm. Not the guys. They just want to do something, tech, you know, be interesting, problem solving, that sort of thing. The social impact is something that we need to bring out more because... It's not obvious how electrical engineering has a social impact. Um, 
biomedical engineering, which is a program that has much better numbers in terms of almost 50-50 in terms of men to women in the programs, that feels like you're having a social impact. That's great. Um, so, you know, explaining how electrical engineering has a social impact um, to the next generation, I think, is, is one of the things that will make a difference. I also, based on my most recent um, experience, I am convinced now that, yes, we have to put more women um, in front of, of young women um, and show them that, you know, we made it there. But we also need to have men there mm -hmm. that are supporting the yeah. women and so that they, these young girls understand that there is a male population out there that wants them to come work for them. Mm -hmm. um, that yep. is, uh, there's not that barrier. Oh. I fully agree. I think... Um, because there is that stigma, when you think about engineering, when I thought about engineering, I knew it's going to be male-dominated. I'm going to be studying with the mostly guys and working with mostly guys. Because until we get rid of that, mm -hmm. I think it's important to, for men and women to go to talk to these students to say that, look at how much fun we're having working together. Mm -hmm. You know, that's important. And there are these male allies and everyone who's here to support this. I think that's huge, huge. And then I do agree that societal impact um, goes a long way for women. I think environmental engineering has similar mm -hmm. numbers. So for universities, I think what you can do for sure is change your marketing, you know, change how you market engineering to, to students if you want to get more women in. I did have questions for Julia, mm -hmm. because I know you've been in the industry for a long time. Um, I'm curious if you... No. <laughs> Not too long. Not it's too a long. Great no. amount of time to get great experience, <laughs> yeah. and it's been great for me. You know, I've I've seen you in a, at a few events. I know the Women Powering Technology Group that mm -hmm. you're a part of. Um, it's been inspiring for me to to see Julia, you know, um, as a leader in the tech industry. Because as I said, examples are really important. Um, I'm curious to hear your opinion on like what you've seen so far you know, in the growth? And do you think the, the groups like the Women Powering Technology groups and these gatherings that we have, um, can you talk a little bit about the influence it has on the young women who join? Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's, uh, if anything, I think there's almost too many women's groups now, right? And we need to bring some of them together and, mm -hmm. and make them more powerful. But, um, you know, there's, there's some great ones, and, and, and I, I like women powering technology because it, it doesn't say you have to be an engineer. Um, it's, you know, you're, you're working with technology companies, and, and um, many of them are, are, are technical, but um, it's, it's a great uh, generational learning experience. Um, and so there, uh, you know, there's young people that are really driving it and, and keeping it going, um, and uh, I'm really happy to to help and bring people in and, and, and get some great topics and great discussion going. But um, it's it's a, a fabulous uh, association for, for building your network. And that's one of the things that uh, women do badly, usually. Um, that's changing, I think, too, is, is building your networks. Um, and those networks should not just be women, either. That, mm -hmm. that's, um, uh, but finding ways to continue to build your networks helps you grow um, uh, and um, gives you opportunities uh, to move uh, in the organization um, and beyond the organization. So um, there, there's other ones. Women in Communications and Technology has a great mentoring program I'm, I'm involved in right now. Um, and it's, it's fabulous because you get hooked up with 
Uh, I've got one woman engineer in Halifax, another uh, woman working in um, uh, program management here. Um, and it, I, I, I love it. I, I just great conversations. Um, the, it, it, it's fun to help each other. And, and the more we can support each other, um, the better. I, I think that um, maybe there hasn't been enough of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been, because we've been in a male-dominated um, technology companies and, and, and education system, we, got, we kind of forgot to help each other, I think. And, and, and the more, I see a lot more of it happening about um, really helping each other, uh, giving uh, high fives and, 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 and helping them move uh, up. I have last question for Go both ahead. of you, for Perinas and Julia, then, since you touched on the topic. Um, the importance of a mentor, and Perinas, maybe you can speak to whether you have a mentor or an ally who's who's advocated for you and helped you as you started your career. And Julia, I'm happy for you to speak to the importance of a mentor as well and how how do women and others go about finding one? Mm-hmm. Perinas, you go first. Yeah, like my best mentors were, like not best, but like the most, the ones that they have the most impact on my career and encourage me always and always push me to my boundaries, they were all made. And so I believe, like, I have lots of amazing women around me. They are, like, the really good role models for me. But back to the point that Julia mentioned, it's really important to also have male other men in your uh, network and as your mentors because they can... So, because they can also, you can learn a lot from them and they can be, and also having such con- such relationship and conversations with another man also makes you more confident, for example, to, to have similar conversations to your boss or to the senior management, to people in the senior management roles that they are most of the time, these positions are most of the time filled with men. So it makes you more comfortable, it makes you more confident. And actually having those kinds of, and such kind of supporters or sponsors also are really important in your career. So um, from my point of view, I um, had, a, had a great um, mentor, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk a little quickly about, there's an HBR article that just came out. It's called, uh, A Lack of Sponsorship is Keeping Women from Advancing into Leadership Positions. So, um and it was a really interesting read because we, we mix up the terms mentor and sponsor a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a, a mentor is somebody that does a lot of one-on-one conversations with you and, and provides guidance. It's, all, it's pretty private. Um, sponsor is the other end of the spectrum. That one is somebody that is willing to be loud and say, this is the person we should promote. This is uh, the one that should take this huge project. I'm putting... It, it, when I'm a sponsor, I'm putting my career on the line um, for this individual. Um, so, you know, it, 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 was, it was a very interesting article um, just out. Um, but it, it also pointed out that there, there are steps in between that are possible um, beyond mentorship. And the next one is connecting. Uh, somebody, um, I, I love connecting. I, I'm having a great time at Invest Ottawa just connecting entrepreneurs to entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs to investors, and, and, and it's amazing that mesh of connections and how valuable they can be and, and how much one entrepreneur can help another entrepreneur. And, um, and it, 
it it really um, is a good step towards that sponsorship level. You don't have to always put your whole career on the line. Um, and my mentor was really a sponsor, if I think about it now, because um, he was an individual um, that helped me become president of Chipworks. He saw the potential in me. He um, slapped me around a lot when I said stupid things um, like, oh, not right now. He says, I said, I've got two kids at home. He said, no, now. You've got to do it now. This is not going to be here later. And and I really valued that. It really, I did need that slapping around at that point. It was one of the best opportunities I grabbed. And, and I, I'm really glad I grabbed it. And I, I honestly usually end uh, talking about leadership and, and with women. I say, say yes, say yes, say yes. I mean, mm-hmm. grab those opportunities when they arrive You'll work it through. You'll make it work somehow, um, and they'll really help you grow. I think we do tend to say we're not ready mm. far too often. Agreed. Um, I would like to take an opportunity now to thank Julia and Farinaz, uh, Perinaz for for joining us today. It's been great learning a little bit more about you, and you're both such great examples for everybody in the tech industry, and certainly all the women in the tech industry who might be listening. Um, as great examples to learn from and to get inspired by. So thank you very much. And thank you to the Dean for this opportunity. Thank you to all of you. Our outreach programs involve 43,000 youths in the Ottawa area over the last 12 months. It's huge. Yeah. But I'm still <laughs> shocked that we still have such barriers to to break through and try to make it. Next summer, I think we're going to have another step, which will be exciting when we start. We're now a recognized private high school, Faculty of Engineering. So next summer, they'll be giving uh, the 11th grade physics course. That's fantastic. And they will be focusing on on young women. I'll be there. That's amazing. And it's going to be interesting because I'm I'm a physicist and engineer by training, so I'm always looking for real data. And it is known by everybody that the, the 11th grade high school physics course is the showstopper. So I'm really, really interested to see whether we, this is real and if we can have an effect when we address that. Well, that was extremely interesting as a discussion with Perinaz and uh, with Julia. And I really want to thank you, Tusha, for joining me today. I think we can continue this conversation in the next episode. I think there's still a lot to explore about all the issues around equity, diversity, and technology and inclusivity. So thanks so much for joining me today, Tusha. And uh, we'll talk again soon. I I agree. It's been a great conversation. And I think we're just starting to get to the heart of it. So I'm looking forward to having more conversations with leaders from Ottawa. I want to thank you all for tuning in on this episode of the Make the Future podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you learned as much as I did. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss the next episode. I would also like to really thank our guests and the podcast production team, Carl Bournes, Valérie Sanson, Karen Massey, and Francis Bertrand Lafrenière. And I really hope you can join us next time.